You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, it seems like for the first time in a little while, we have uh, we have to air some grievances. I think. Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's just it's weird how it it all kind of just went bad vibes very quickly, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll of course all overreact to a one game losing streak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, you're, you're joking, but you're also not joking because I, that's exactly what I did last night. I was like back into like, these guys are garbage mode, like shockingly quickly for myself too. And it just, it really irritated me. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, the Islanders are coming off a, a loss to the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night, um, which snapped their six game winning streak. They lost four to three. And, you know, if you look at it that way, you're like, wow, they won six games in a row. They lost by one goal. You know, it's going to happen, that sort of thing. But, yeah, there's a lot more going on than just that. Uh, they had two days off. They came in, uh, again, having won six games in a row. Uh, and they were at home at the Coliseum and kind of, you know, they had had a bad game on Saturday night in St. Louis. But it was a game that they won. And afterwards, Barry Trotz said that they got away with one, basically. They, he wanted to put on masks and uh, hightail it out of there, so to speak, because they 
didn't deserve to win that game, but they did. And he expected his team to be a lot better. Well, they were a little bit better against Carolina, but they really weren't. Uh, the Hurricanes are going to probably miss the playoffs for the 11th year in a row. And for what seems like the 11th year in a row, look like Stanley Cup champions when they play the Islanders. I don't know what it is about that team. They The Islanders look like they've never seen each other before ever since when they whenever they play the hurricanes uh the, the hurricanes had a 2-1 lead after one both goals were on like just awful comical deflections off of islanders defenseman but brock nelson got one back so you think oh it's 2-1 that carries it through the second in the third devon Taves, who we're going to talk a lot about later ties the game and you think all right maybe now is the time they turn it on and they get it going again but no they wasted a couple of power play opportunities one turned into a goal against in like a heartbeat because Justin Williams was like, I don't know, cherry picking over by the goal or something like that. I don't know what ha- I still don't know really what happened. All I know is I turn around and to being down three, two uh, in a heartbeat, they were down four, two right afterwards. Um, then uh, they had a power play. Yeah. With, yeah. A couple of minutes ago, Pat, the hurricane scored twice. Brock Nelson scores again to make a four, three, but they had nothing left and there was no time left. And that was it. And, you know, again, losing streak was going to end, but the, to see it end that way was really, really disappointing, and I don't think anybody really enjoyed it. And uh, it was frustrating. Again, we I, we're over we're going to overreact, but I, I think we're almost kind of justified. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I think um, we're able to. I want to say overreact, but to be able to say they they've set a high standard for themselves. And the game against the Blues, they did everything to lose against the Blues except score fewer goals than the Blues. <laughs> so that was the problem. Like it's now, so just because they won that game and uh, then then lost, like doesn't mean those those weren't two bad games in a row. They were. They were two bad games in a row, uh, which is is kind of a little bit of a, a weird feeling for this team right now. They haven't had that situation in a while, and um, and and then couple that with like the break, like the Islanders. They hadn't lost since the the game in Vegas, right? Which yeah, which was three or four months ago. So that's what it feels like, Basically, you know. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it was a long time, and and the way, yeah, like you said, the way they lost kind of caused us all to. Not, not, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, nobody's abandoning ship, but we definitely were like, all right, you know, it was a gut check, time to pump the brakes on the we're never going to lose again kind of stuff, and. <laughs> Uh, and like, yeah, just, you know, there was just nothing, nothing felt right about that game at all, except for Calvin DeHaan. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was nice to see him. He, he almost yeah, that really scored funny... either the game winning goal or maybe the insurance goal or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's just what they need. You know, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it, it, he was funny, man. His the tweet about McKeebs being still open or whatever. Was so funny. I mean, he's, He's just like another one who just he gets it. He gets what the Coliseum and this fan base are and what they look for in their players. But uh, that's besides the point. The uh, yeah, so that game just didn't sit right, and that's why I think maybe people and obviously you know the the roster move. That's why people kind of just went over the edge. Uh, so yeah, I mean, justify. It's definitely you're definitely all fans are justified to be upset. I don't think anybody would be justified in saying that the you know the Islanders are trash again and they don't expect them to be better i think you know we, we now are they lost and now we got to see how they respond with these games coming up which are all tricky in their own way yeah um yeah the, the game against st louis again they played marginally better against the hurricanes but that game in st louis was one of the worst they've played all season uh they were just never in it 
from the very beginning. Uh, but somehow they were. <laughs> the The Blues ended up with 32 shots to the Islanders, 14. They kept getting worse as the game went on. The Blues had a two-goal two lead, but then the Islanders kind of stormed back and took over, and Anders Lee scored a, a really beautiful goal again off a lead pass from, from Taves. So, uh, you know, you just thought it was kind of bumping the road, and the way they talked afterwards was like they all recognized that they were bad in that game, but they expected more, and they got away with one. And then to come out against the Hurricanes and really not to play that well uh, was extra disappointing. The funniest thing is that two games ago, at home against the Blackhawks in front of a nationally televised audience, the Islanders were awesome. <laughs> they they put 50 shots on the Blackhawks. Uh, it was kind of universally accepted that uh, rookie goalie Colin Delia basically stole a point for Chicago in that game. Uh, Matt Barzell had a couple of goals, and Devon Taves scored his first ever NHL goal in overtime. So, uh, you know, it, to go from like, oh, man, this team is really humming right now to, hmm, that's Pretty two pretty bad games in a row is is really kind of a uh, a bucket of cold water on the face. And today at practice, uh, Barry Trotz was having them run battle drills, according to Andrew Gross's Twitter. And like you know, they were doing battle drills in the corner, real hard, heavy work. And then the team that lost had to do push ups on the ice, like you know, Herb Brooks style. Everybody, I, I had the the respli- replies to that that tweet were all like Kurt Russell saying again, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. I just want to know, like, I, it's just another huge change in culture. Like, and I know it's cliche, but like the change in, uh, like, just the way this team is. Because I feel like if if Jack Capuano did that, it would have been some, or or Doug Wade, or even like Scott Gordon. Going back to those guys, like when they had like these bag skates. First of all, it came after like the eleventh loss in a row, not the not not the not not the first <laughs> loss in a row, and and right. and it was just like people were just like mocking it, like, oh yeah, like. Hmm. Yeah, they were being really hard, smart and hard. The smart and hard practice today, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I brought a smile to my face that that Trotz, you know, did that. I'm I'm sure he's been waiting for them to to lose just so he can do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you um, about like, yeah, it, no, it, they totally would have. This would have gone on for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, and before they done the bag skate. And even like a Capuano bag skate is probably like the worst we saw from Capuano was the infamous pick your shit up comment to the paper. And that was after like Cappy had been the coach for like four and a half or five years <laughs> that he yeah. finally like said a cross word about his players. I don't even remember him ever saying anything like, cause I mean, it's even by accident, sometimes teams win where they don't play very well. And when the Islanders before this year had, had done, it had happened a couple of times. I don't remember ever him like, you know, basically admitting that they were pretty bad. <laughs> like, you know, well, you know, we played with this, we played with that, we had good battle <laughs> level. Like, Trotz came out on Saturday. He was like, we were terrible. Yeah. That was, we should put masks on and run out of here because we stole one. So, yeah, no, the the, the changes are still different. Um, and, again, you know, they, they recognize how bad these two games were, but it's about changing it. And I don't know if the bag skate or the push-ups are going to help. But they have two games coming up against the Rangers, and then after the second one, they have a game against the Lightning, who are, without question, objectively, the best team in the NHL this year. And if they're going to play this way in those three games or in any of those three games, they're going to get hurt very, very badly. <laughs> and that would be awful. Yep. Know, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, it's it's just taking some time to get used to this still to me. Like, just like seeing Andrew Gross tweet that stuff out was I was like, wow, this is just a new team. It's just re- weird. I, 
but it's great. Um, I was I was just still thrilled that they took. Uh, I shouldn't say thrilled because they lost and they played bad for you know the past two games. But I was just thrilled that there is, and this is again cliche, but there is some like accountability uh, in a uh, in in from the top down, uh, and that's and that, I mean that's just a silver lining I could take from this. Yeah. Um, well, so here's a, the, this is all the bad news, obviously. And again, it's funny cause they did win one of those games. So they really only have one loss. Uh, but he, so that's all the bad news though. Here's the good news. Uh, the game against the hurricanes was the 41st game of the year. So this is exactly halfway midway point of the season. Uh, if the Islanders were to get 50 points in the second 41 games, like they did in the first 41 games, I mean, that's a hundred point season. And I mean, I don't know if that's going to make the playoffs this year, but that's pretty damn good <laughs> to get a hundred points uh, a year after you know the sum after the summer that they had. That would that would be a huge, huge, huge thing. So they do have forty one games to turn it around. Uh, they are point behind the Habs. I don't know if the Habs are playing tonight, um, but uh, they are point. They were point behind them as of this morning. Uh, they also have a like three games in hand on the Habs as of this morning too. Yeah, so, I think so. I think the Habs have played forty four. Yeah, so uh, that's that's something else too. But like I always say. You got to win those games in hand. You can't just like let them sit there. They don't. They're not like they don't collect interest. They you have to actually win them. Um, and I think the biggest thing again is that Trotz recognizes this and he's ready to call these dudes out. Like he's just he's just ready. He doesn't care about like sort of placating anybody or or you know sugarcoating anything for anybody. If a guy plays poorly, he plays poorly. And and we're gonna talk about Josh Hosang in a minute and how he got demoted. Uh, to well, excuse me. He got loaned to Bridgeport the afternoon before the Hurricanes game, and uh, you know that's kind of like a real old school Islanders move that they would do, uh, and it's shocking and irritating for the fan base. Um, but he called out, you know, after the game and they lost. Um, Trotz was quick to call out Filpola and Komarov, who were basically you know uh, Hosang's most frequent line mates, as being pretty. Pretty poor in that game, you know. Leo Komarov took a penalty with a couple minutes to go, and that kind of killed the game for them. And that was that was a dumb penalty, and I'm sure that he heard it uh, from Trotz afterwards. And he Trotz was pretty blunt. The only the only line he liked was the Nelson Lee Everly line. And in fairness, they did play pretty well. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, um, and against the Hurricanes, but you know he's not he's not afraid to call anybody out and be like, this dude wasn't good, and that's it. <laughs> and so uh, I think that's also different too, because I mean. I, I, we always said like Capuano and Waite had their favorites and they kind of – you could kind of tell they did. Like I don't ever think I heard Jack or Waite ever say a bad word about Clutterbuck or Sezikis. Oh. It was basically you know like Brock Nelson or the goaltending and you know from time to time. The, well, he the, didn't the, talk you know, about the goaltending. Remember? Yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. talk about the goaltending. Right. <laughs> he yeah, never no, said. But, it, but yeah, see, what's true. funny, I always thought that that was sort of like – to me, him always saying that was sort of in deference to the goalie, almost as if he's saying, look, I know he was bad. You know he was bad. We don't need to bring it up, you know? So I thought I always thought that was kind of more of a respectful thing rather than a I don't want to, like, you know, make this guy cry type of thing. But right, he never right. did it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just funny. Like, the, like I, I think we had these preconceived notions that Kamarov and Philpola and I guess you can, you know, throw less Ross Johnston and the fourth line in, in that – Group two that you know because of the way these guys play and their like their character profile and the fact that these guys are always singled out for being good locker room guys that we always just think oh the coaches they're, they're the favorites like and so to hear him say that Kamarov had a bad game 
uh, and especially after that penalty, which pissed me off because I was actually really happy with the way Komarov has kind of not been terrible, playing terrible and costing the Islanders, which is, you know, not a good ceiling, but it's kind of is a ceiling. Uh, I was I was happy with the like the results he had during the six game uh, streak and whatever to step that penalty pissed me off. And I'm happy that Trotz was like able to just come forward and say it and not be, you know, the veterans of the room still can kind of get their, uh, you know, their, their do or their whatever. You, I can't even think of what to say. Their, uh, their, their, their comeuppance. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Josh Hosang real quick because, again, he was uh, loaned to Bridgeport uh, the morning of the uh, Hurricanes game. And as Dom, you know, pointed out in his article, you know, the, a loan is kind of not being demoted. They're usually a lot, um, I guess a shorter stint. Uh, Trotz's reasoning, and they asked him after the Hurricanes game, you know, why, why send, or Arthur Staple, I should say, uh, Trotz, why send Josh down? And basically his answer was a couple things. One was Josh's sort of attention to detail had kind of waned over the last couple of games. And, you know, with one goal and one assist in 10 games, they were looking for a bit more production. You know, that all makes sense on the surface of things. Um, you know, he said that he had talked to Josh over the course of the last couple of games about those very details that that he mentioned, uh, which makes me think of one thing that's kind of funny. Like, you know, we're sitting around, you know, maybe you're at lunch or I, I was at a meeting at work and I came out and found out that Hosang <laughs> uh, had been loaned to Bridgeport. And so, like, it, to us, it's like you're just sitting there minding your own business and all of a sudden this tweet or you know, email comes across like, oh, my God, what what just happened? Um, but, I mean, it's I don't think that's how it goes down for professionals. I think they talk to Josh and they talk to him about what, what he want, what they want and why he's being loaned. Um, however, that being said, A, they wouldn't loan him to Bridgeport without playing a couple of games. So my assumption is that he will miss both games against the Rangers and the game against the Lightning at least, uh, which is a problem, which we'll talk about in a second. But also you know, he's, he's kind of aware of what they want. Like he's, he, it's not like a, he was blindsided by this. I'm sure it sucks. I'm sure he's not happy about it, but I'm sure he goes down there knowing what they want and, and what to work on. And hey, look, it happens. Like, you know, sometimes we, we lose the attention to detail and maybe he needs that. Uh, and I'm, maybe he's fine with it and, you know, we'll see how he reacts, which is always the way we think when these things happen, but more immediately for the Islanders, it means he's probably not going to play in these next three games, which really stinks because they are a better team with Josh Hosang out there. Uh, as a lot of evidence has shown. Yeah, I think I think the you you said it perfectly. Like Josh Osang was brought into an office with Trotz and Lamarillo, and they probably said, like, you know, this does suck, and like we know you're going to be pissed, but this is just the way it is right now. I think, and it's it's annoying, it's frustrating, and we all can be mad about it, but you know what their reasoning is. Like you know that these guys want Josh Osang to be like just. Comp- continue to be get better and whatever and i think he's already at the point where he's an established nhl talent and and it's he's not going to get his game isn't going to he's not going to all of a sudden like develop a a, a new tool in in bridgeport what he's going to do is he's going to play a ton of hockey and he's going to run a power play and he's going to be able to do that kind of stuff that i guess they thought maybe he wasn't going to do now that phil pull is back and they want dal cole to play the checking you know on that third line and Hosang would be better as a top six guy. You, it's not. I don't want to say it's logical, but you see what their logic is, and it sucks. He's going to come back. Oh, for like, sure. Like this is yeah. not, this is not the end of Josh. Like 
the where where we were in the beginning of the season with that stupid Brett Sergalis article <laughs> to now, like I would sign up for this with the Josh Hosang saga. Like this chapter is fine. It's going to be all right. That and I think I was pissed when he got sent down because like you know I that's when I said the bad vibes. Like that's when the bad vibes really started. Uh, because you know it was just people reacted the way you thought they would. It it really sucks. I think it's a questionable decision. Um, but it's definitely one that, yeah, it's like not out of the blue. It, it was out of the blue, but it wasn't like out of the blue. Like for, for someone who, someone who follows the Los Angeles Kings and like kind of knows Jasso saying has been pretty good or the Canucks or someone from, you know, outside of the Islander universe and then sees them, they're, they're probably like, what the hell is wrong with the Islanders? And we can say, no, th- this is something we could have seen coming and could have told you was coming. Because, you know, this is just how they've done things, with, especially with this guy for his whole career. Yeah, you know what? And it occurred to me, too, like it, it kind of goes back to it. It's exactly what you were literally just talking about, which was that, you know, I'm not a person that follows the everyday comings and goings of the Washington Capitals. But I noticed over the course of, you know, Barry Trotz's sort of tenure there that the same couple of guys would always kind of be coming up over and over again, guys like Jacob Verana and Andre Burkowski, like they would be sent down and then they would come up and then they would be sent down and then they would come back up. So that kind of stuff, you know, does happen to teams and, and these guys have su- survived it. And I think, again, like like you just said, you know, the, the relationship with Josh this year is different than, than it maybe had been under previous administrations. Although, again, Josh has always been very complimentary of whoever's been running the Islanders, whether it was Gart Snow or Lou Lamarello or whatever. But, uh, you know, we all want it to work out. Everybody wants Josh Hosang here. Um, and not just because we kind of like the guy, but uh, as our friend Carrie Haber has pointed out, great um, uh, PTIL's podcast this week, by the way. Carrie was the, uh, the guest there, and he talked a lot about statistics um, and how to kind of get into them. But he talked a lot about how uh, Josh Hosang is, is meant good things for the Islanders. When he's on the ice, things, good things happen for the Islanders, whether or not it means Josh gets on the score sheet or not, which unfortunately this season hasn't really happened all that yeah. much. Um, but he, you know, we all want him out there and we all want to see him play. And, and like this kind of stuff is irritating. But again, the fact that it's alone is what I like the most, because I think it means that he's going to come back relatively quickly. Unfortunately, the Islanders do have a bunch of really huge games coming up this week that I really would prefer them have Josh Hosang for. But it doesn't look like he's gonna he's gonna be playing for them. Uh, they got two games against the Rangers uh, Thursday night at the Garden, and then Saturday afternoon at Barclays Center. Um, I, the Rangers haven't been playing well lately, as far as I can tell, or at least as far as the you know one or two headlines I see can tell me. Um, that never nothing means anything. With the, you know, the Islanders are coming off two bad games, the Rangers are I guess are coming off a kind of a bad stretch. None of that matters because when these teams to get together. And you throw everything out the window. I mean, the Islanders' last game against the Rangers was a 5 nothing shutout loss. And Barry Trott said today that they're kind of a different team than they were back then. So hopefully that means different things, but I don't know. I mean, I hate any game against the Rangers, but th- to play them now at this time really kind of sucks even more, you know? Yeah, I was actually watching a little bit of them play against the Golden Knights the other day. It's just and, – and I, and I used to uh, – coming into the year, I thought it was the Tavares thing, but – and that my hatred has kind of been moved north, but now it's I've, I've started to dawn. I mean, it's just they they're just not really that much of a threat um, at all, and that's kind of why the like I don't 
you know, hate the Rangers more than I love the Islanders this season, which is always a existential question I ask myself, <laughs> you know, if, if, but, uh, I think, uh, I, it, the Islanders and, and like you said, you know, that the records go out the window when, when two rivals meet or whatever they NBC sports, uh, you know, Wednesday night rivalry copy read is, but, uh, the, the two, the two teams are in completely different tiers in the league. They're winnable, they're winnable games. And so the Islanders should win and they need to look at it that way. And the thing that, that I'm most upset about Hosang and you said like, these are huge games, but having Josh Hosang and the Rangers not having Josh Hosang is a great thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have this guy, he's awesome. He's, he's like a ton of flair and personality he's just a guy everybody wants to root for around the league and it pisses it must piss ranger fans off that we have him and <laughs> and and like there have been players like the ring that the rangers have had that i thought the same way i'm like i really would have yeah. you know wished he was a rangers know, but, draft pick remember he was that draft pick that the yeah. islanders used to get him originally belonged to the rangers and they got it from tampa bay so there you go right Marty yeah San Luis, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah uh yeah but no, it, i I can't think of really any off the top of my head right now. I mean, when the when the Rangers got uh, like Marty Strack and those guys, like I liked them previously before they were Rangers. But like th there was those guys that you always just like, ah, I hate that he's a Ranger. It pisses me off so much that he's a Ranger. Oh, Theo Fleury. Yeah. I, was, I liked Theo Fleury growing up in the 90s. Like, you know, that's your guy. He was awesome. He was little. He scored a lot of goals. He played for a team that like, you know, your friends had barely heard of outside of Sega Genesis, and then he becomes a Ranger, and immediately like, I hate this friggin' guy. The, what a douche! <laughs> Turns out Theo was was dealing with a lot more than just Islanders fans back then. Yeah. So, I guess know, I think I think my respect was to him later. Gee Bear, I I used to love Gee Bear, and then he became a Ranger. I was like, ah. The list is oh Ray Ferraro actually, and actually Pat well, Flatley. I hated Pat Flatley for a long time after he joined the Rangers. <laughs> uh, I was like, how could you do that, dude? Seriously. And now it's fine, but I, back then I, I hated Pat Flatley for a lot of years. I'm like, of all the teams you got, I, and it turns out like the Islanders are kind of, I don't know what what happened, but it was a lot of like, I don't know if they reneged on a contract or try to lowball him after he'd been a captain for a long time, but it, it, it was a bad breakup, and I could kind of see why he would join the Rangers. I mean, if somebody's gonna pay you to pay you a lot of money to play, and you don't have to move. That's great, but I remember being really angry at him for a long, long time until like I don't know. Ten years ago, maybe. So I was like, ah, I'm over it now. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, Lafayette, like you said, the list goes on. But he, yeah. you know, that's why I selfish, selfishly, and and you know, not necessarily to do with his on ice skill and the fact that he makes the Islanders better. That's that's why I wish he was playing in this game. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, I was happy he got to play uh, uh, against the Blackhawks. You know, and people got to yeah. see him, and and he played well. And I think you know that that game it's itself kind of served as a. Um, kind of like a peak moment for the team just because of the situation the fact that Taves was there and Hosang and Del Cole or and and they played so well and they got the win it was at Nassau Coliseum and it forced the the NBC crew to to kind of like brush up on their Islanders Jeremy Roenick lied through his teeth telling some stories about about the, the Coliseum like and like what it meant to him I'm like brother like come on like he, <laughs> and Anson Carter was saying that you stop talking about like autograph seekers uh, walking from the Marriott to to uh, the Coliseum and stuff, and it's like these guys made these stories up before, just so they can have these these n stories dripping with n nostalgia about the old barn. Like, uh, but other, that was the most annoying part of the broadcast. So I will say that that was about it. Everything else was fine.
they were really good. I mean, and again, we're here we are talking about the last couple of games and how bad they were, but they were really, really, really good. And and if you take that plus the Toronto game on Hockey Night in Canada, where they obviously won four nothing in a shutout, like I mean, those are two nationally televised hockey games against huge high profile opponents. And obviously the Blackhawks aren't quite what they were, but they had just come off playing in the winter classic and they still have Taves and Kane and all those other guys. Um, and you know, people have kind of ignored the Islanders. I mean, like, I think they generally probably still do. And they weren't looking forward to either of those two games. And then here, they, here they come. And I mean, they blitzed the Blackhawks for the better part of that game. I mean, that third period was pretty much all Islanders and, the kid uh, in goal, Colin Delia, he was really good, and he stole a point. And, and then to have Devon Taves, of all people, the other Taves, of all the games, to score. Yeah. They, only play these, they only play these guys twice a year. And for him to score his first goal against the Blackhawks, the other Taves, no relation, uh, was just a cherry on top. You know? I really Do you think, do you think uh, on the Hawks bench at one point, they were like, someone asked Jonathan Taves if he knew who Devon Taves was, like, Yo, like, Taser, hey, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, who, who's, taser, who's that Taser, you know? And he's probably like, I, I got no I idea. Have, I don't know who I really this guy have is. no clue. I never heard of this guy before in my life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, they had to talk about that. But, yeah, the, the people were taking issue with uh, after the game and that after the game and that the Islanders clearly dominated from the top to bottom, uh, you know, they cut to Jeremy Roenick. First of all, we should be thankful. I mean, I get it. Roenick's got his issues. But, like, we should all be very thankful that Mike Milbury wasn't in the studio for that game because it would have been a million times worse. So I'll take Roenick over Milbury any day. Yeah. But uh, Roenick was talking about how good the Blackhawks were defensively. And it's like, dude, they gave up 50 shots. Like, that's kind of a lot. <laughs> I don't know if that's really – this is the kind of game you want to make the case that they were pretty good <laughs> defensively. If, if anything, you could say the kid was really good, you know, and saved their bacon and got them a point. But uh, – yeah, that was that was a fun one. That was a real fun one. Yeah, and, that's again, why that was. Yeah. I w- I thought I was resigned to them losing that Blues game because I was like, it just you know, like after that win, like right. yes, it's just this is just a throwaway game and right. well, very... losing would have been fine had they, yeah yeah they just you know, played well <laughs> yeah but. and it was just it was such like it was like so random like that they traveled to St Louis for a one game little trip and uh, uh yeah. I, I just it. It just felt like they. It felt like a game that the Islanders had lost eight hundred times in my lifetime. <laughs> that was weird, and and actually, it's fine. I didn't even realize it was a one game trip. I actually thought that game was a home game. Yeah, it was fairly Islanders, strange. Yeah, they just kind of shoehorned that one in. Right, uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was no fun to watch. That was very. Fun. Yeah, and and I mean, it was again like we we keep we will keep saying it too like Robin Leonard again was amazing in that game. Like yeah. he he I don't I don't I can't really remember like one you know, stand on his head moment, but he was just so solid. And it was a game that Islander goalies, Islander goalies over the past, you know, f- forever, basically haven't really stolen uh, or points or like just given them a chance to win those type of games consistently. And Leonard uh, has done it again and again and again. And uh, it's kind of been interesting because I think we all assumed in November when Leonard got hurt that Thomas Grice was clearly going to be the, you know, the guy they were going to roll with. And that's kind of flipped on its head so grice played against the hurricanes and leonard was the uh the third star of the week he had won i don't know whatever it was like nine or six or whatever straight starts um he had was phenomenal against the blues he was phenomenal against the blackhawks he's been phenomenal for the best the better part of the last month or so even when he wasn't kind of like winning he was only giving up one goal at a time uh i have no problem with grice starting the game against the hurricanes because he's kind of dominated the 
for the most part over his career. And, you know, you got to give the guy a letter or a break every once in a while. I thought Grice was sort of okay, but he certainly didn't steal that game and, and you know, probably could have been better. But for the most part, the team wasn't very well in front of him. Trot said uh, after the game that they, they maybe played well enough to win, but they definitely played poorly enough to lose, which is, I guess, probably the best summation. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he has been great. And uh, there is an article today in The Athletic by Arthur Staple where he asks the Islanders uh, what they think of their season and, and how they've played and what, what, he, what they, each of them thinks of the team as a whole and what they've kind of learned during this first half of the season. And the answers are very, very interesting. Uh, I won't spoil who the team chose as their sort of midseason MVP. Uh, I will say that uh, he's been mentioned <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, but I will spoil one thing, though. Josh Bailey was asked what he thought of what he had learned about himself this year uh, so far. And he gave the Josh Baileyist answer that Josh Bailey has ever Josh Baileyed, where he said, <laughs> I don't know. I never even thought about it, which is, again, Josh Bailey in a nutshell. Of course, he hadn't thought about himself. Why would he? You know, he's just. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but Leonard's answer is he, he, you know, obviously he's, he's had a a revelatory season for a lot of reasons beyond just, and his answer was just like, I I don't remember exactly what he said about everything, but it was just fascinating to read. It was almost like a mini version of his, his big article from earlier in the season. So definitely check it out because it was really something. I I think, uh, I think he's kind of, I I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm not really too into giving, giving out, you know, mid season awards or whatever. I think he's been my favorite story i guess or you know he's been the islander i've rooted for the most uh this season i think his story is great i think it's also interesting that for the first couple months of the season people were just talking about when the islanders goaltending was going to kind of level off um and now you you see there's a great uh twitter feed called crowd uh his name's cole anderson i think his twitter handle is crowd scout sports and he does a lot of advanced analytics with goalies. And you just see Robin Leonard's name kind of just in amongst the, the class, like the John Gibsons and Frederick <laughs> Anderson and, and Robin Leonard. And there just hasn't really been much talk outside of the Islanders, um, you know, you know, guys, you know, fan fan base and, and our beat writers about how good Leonard's been. People that come into town will say, oh, Leonard was good again. He's been he's having a good season with the Islanders, whatever. Uh, there's a little bit more about. Uh, of it when they played the Sabres, obviously, because he was he was there for so long. But uh, I don't think people outside uh, the this this uh, biodome really understand how good he's been. And I don't really and his goaltending is so fickle. So who knows? But I'm, I don't ever I don't see any reason to like concern be concerned. He's just been playing a very like like when Evgeny Nabokov was on. You could tell right away because he was reading shots and reading plays, and there was there was so much more movement to his game. Leonard is much more that like Henrik Lundqvist style, and it's like it's hard for those guys to like get un- unwound when they do. Maybe it's a little bit harder for them to find their game, but I just think he's like so in where he's supposed to be right now, and is as a goalie and knows how to use his size and stuff. And I guess Mitch Korn obviously deserves a lot of credit for it, but I'm just not worried about him. I would start him in if it was Game Seven of the Stanley Cup finals and the Islanders started Robin Leonard I think we could all be pretty confident in the dude right now I, I just love I mean we, we talked about this back during the Halak Grice era of yesteryear uh that uh I, I just like having a guy who's really kind of controlled and he's not all scrambly and crazy 
because they had Nabokov for so long. They had DiPietro, who was like that. And Leonard is just tight. Everything is tight. Everything is square. There's no, like, wasted movements, and he just flashes out a leg, and he makes these crazy saves. But uh, I, I agree with you. Like, I just don't think – I think people generally are like, wow, good for him, you know, after reading that that story, the athletic article earlier in the season. Hey, good for him. He's, he's found – you know, he's found a niche with the team, and he's – you know, put his demons for the most part, you know, behind him and, and he's doing well. Good, good for him. But they don't quite understand to the extent of what he's doing. And and like, I don't think anybody really looks at those leaderboards and it's like, holy cow, what is he doing? Or they look at it and they're like, well, clearly it's a product of Barry Trotz's system. And, and apparently Ryan Lambert wrote a thing about why the Islanders are doing what they're doing. And he basically said it was mostly the goalies and maybe a little bit of Trotz. Um, I'm sure somewhere out there, somebody's like, no, it's Trotz's defense and, and you know making the goalies better I, I think it's obviously it's a combination of both and you know one thing that trots keeps talking about is making things predictable for for you and making the outcomes predictable for your team and so i think that has a lot to do with the goalies knowing where to be uh because the defense hopefully makes it predictable uh, but they still have to make those saves and i think that he has just been outstanding and, and he actually said uh i think it was in the athletic piece today that you know about how how Lou has given him, uh, you know, a place to go and, and how he how he appreciates it and stuff. So, yeah, definitely check it out. And, uh, you know, there was an article today on NHL.com about, you know, the front runner for the Jack Adams trophy, uh, according to the writers at NHL.com, is Barry Trotz. And obviously I'm not going to argue against that. But when it comes down to Masterton voting, it's not, a, not an award we all talk about, not one of the sexier awards, but – I mean, I think at this point, Leonard has got to be the front runner for that too, right? I mean, yeah, considering what what he's been through in, in the last year. Yeah, exactly. And and it's like another it, this team we've said it a lot is so likable because of these guys. Like the they, this is kind of an island of misfit misfit toys. The the franchise has kind of been that for a very long time, uh, basically since its inception. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't make sense. Like this is it's just like a good fit for this team. And uh, like I, I was saying earlier in the year, I think maybe before the season started, like how excited I was to root for this guy. And uh, I assumed that would be me rooting for him to play really well and then get traded at the deadline because the Islanders would be <laughs> out of it. And he can, you know, go be the backup for for the Lightning or something and get win a Stanley Cup. But now it's it's different. And I think he's he's emerged and made a really like the Islanders. They 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 both kind of made a bet on on each other right Leonard made a bet on the Islanders to give him the chance and Islanders made a bet on Leonard to to be the 1A 1B goalie with Grice and it's just paid off in spades and we have spent a lot of time on the weird uh signings that Lamarillo's made but uh the Leonard one is uh he knocked he knocked out of the park in, in sure. oh no definitely absolutely can't really argue that um you brought up the lightning and I guess you know real quick again the Islanders play them on Sunday. I thought it was an afternoon game, but it's actually a night game. Um, and just to be clear, if we didn't make it clear enough, if they play the way they played against the Blues or the Hurricanes against the Lightning, they will get demolished because that team is not messing around. I Have they lost 10 games yet this season? I don't think they have. Yeah, I think they're still they're at nine losses. Unbelievable. They're going to, you know... I, I'm actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out. And, I, mean, I don't want to sound defeatist, but I'm not actually expecting the Islanders to win that game. But uh, the 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 Lightning are also coming off a of back to back. They they're actually in Buffalo the night before, so they have to actually fly from Buffalo to New York, 
play in Brooklyn that night. The Islanders uh, have a game at the Coliseum. Oh, no, sorry. They're in Brooklyn. They're home already. So hopefully that, that helps them. But, again, at this case, I, I just I kind of just want to see where it ends up. And, I mean, if they lose, hey, they lose. If they get killed, hey, they get killed, you know. But I, I'm just really interested to see what happens because this is the team that you want to bet. I mean, they've set benchmarks on themselves, I think, so far. They've, you know, played the Caps and they obviously lost. They played the Penguins and got a couple of wins. The Toronto one was big. This is probably the last big sort of, you know, first time test for the rest of the season. And then after that, they kind of have to. Just yeah, they, the Islanders have, have developed the identity of being a team that good teams will have trouble beating. And, I th- and that's that's what I've been looking for when they play good teams. Um, I, I, I want to put the Hurricanes in that like realm. Really? Like, no. yeah, but like, but I'm like those, like the, the game. So I'm like, you know, the game against the hurricanes, they didn't play well, but like, it's just, you know, I don't think they, they, they were going to lay an egg at some point. And I don't even know if, if that was the, you know, the egg, whatever, um, you do it against the hurricanes and they, the Islanders deserve to lose the, the season opener against the hurricanes. So, so, uh, you know, for seeing from them go from that team that we saw on opening night to this team, uh, is, is quite remarkable. But like, I just think that, you know they make life really difficult on on teams that are good and and I think the other thing the other profile that I I bestowed on them earlier in the year was that they were a team that uh, would have trouble coming back from multi goal deficits but apparently <laughs> they're they're all they're like undefeated that's so all they that do would, now basically. yeah all they do now they fall behind two zip and then they come back <laughs> but uh, so maybe I'm wrong but I just think like these games against the Lightning and when they uh, they'll eventually play you know the Bruins and the Maple Leafs again, like they they just need to show that they're gonna make it very very hard for these teams to beat them. Yeah. They'll they'll lose. They'll probably lose more often than they win. But like if if they're hanging with these teams, like that is a huge huge yeah. improvement and like positive sign from a team that we still are as a whole hockey universe kind of underestimating and trying to figure out. Yeah, that's kind of the you just described kind of the the Colorado game. You know, I mean the, the Avalanche are. Not 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 quite as good as the Lightning, but again, that was a, that was a game we kind of expected the Islanders to lose, and they went in there and played really really well and kind of shut the Avalanche down. Uh, and then there was a couple, of, and it, you know, if you go back way back to like the second game of the season, they played Nashville, and again, like we've said, there's a world of difference between that team and this this team. But uh, you know, they they played those guys tough, and afterwards, the Predators were like, "Wow, that was that was a hard game." You know, they really they really uh, gave us everything that we could handle. So. It's there. The, the, the ability is there, but, you know, we just kind of want to see it happen. So uh, two changes, I think, though, I would like to see made as early as possible. Although, again, I'm not the coach, so it's not up to me. But number one, uh, I would take Cal Clutterbuck off power play. Number two, that their power play has been pretty lousy. And in fact, against the Hurricanes, you could almost directly contribute to the, the loss and that it sapped all the momentum that the Islanders had going for them. And I just every time I see Clutterbuck out there, I get angry. I know why. I get the idea behind it, but I'm just not buying it. And then the other one, and this is I don't know, is this this might be a hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I would also take Nick Letty off power play with number one, and I would replace him with Devon Taves. And I just that I know it's been a few games for Taves, but Letty was just he was absolutely killing their power play yesterday. Just those those passes back to nobody skating to nowhere i would replace him with taves who has seems to have a better head for that sort of stuff and and is willing to shoot and has a good shot and i would just try it i mean what have you got to lose it right yeah like 25th in the league i think yeah so what have you what do you have to lose situation i think letty has been 
I actually meant to make a mental note that he's been much better. I don't think he's he's been great, but I think it's we're starting to see him adapt to the role he's been giving. And but his power place is just it's performance awful. has been it's really it's been awesome. really bad. Yeah, and I and I, I I thought you know to me I was like why aren't they just putting Ryan Pollock in the at the this unit sure, yeah. to begin with <laughs> and and then he's kind of just been bad on the power play too. So it's like it's the I guess it's just been it's been weird and i think i think taves is the uh is could be the right answer he's confident and good yeah. and, and that, that was the thing about the hosang loan that freaked me out the most is like if they can if they're gonna do this to josh hosang when he's been playing well when thomas hickey comes back and you know lucas Biza is still you know hanging around like i just really hope they make the right decision there um but I guess I mean you know, that we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I I, I agree with you. I think Nick Letty's. Uh, I think a lot of things are dragging down the power play. Clutterbuck is definitely one of them on the second unit, and Letty on the top unit just has. There's no threat to his game yeah. on the power play. Like it's just like all right. Like if if Nick Letty's gonna punch a shot from however many feet away, like our goalie's probably gonna save it. So it's not a big deal. And and he knows that. I think too. Like that you he gets he gives he. Teams give him a lot of space because I just don't think there's that much of a, a reason to be up in his grill like they would against Polak or, you know, the other guys who uh, in the, around the league who have that kind of shot and, and reputation. Yeah. Um, there was uh, – actually, Letty's bit in uh, Staples' piece today uh, was very telling too because he, he talked about how he was kind of like keeping too much stuff and getting too worried about the small stuff and sweating like little details in here and there and – uh, I I don't know if he's if it's sort of like a cry for help <laughs> uh, or uh, something else, but uh, I thought it was very telling, and uh, we'll see kind of how that goes. But I just I feel like he needs less responsibility, and I think taking him off the power play would be helpful. And it reminded me of the yeah. of the the Michael Grabner era and how we loved Grabner, and he was so fast and he was capable of so many things, but they never used him on the power play. And I think Jack Capuano explained it once, and again I, I got. You know, people. A lot of people listening to this don't have uh, a lot of respect for Cappy, but uh, he hadn't really been used on the power play that much in any stops in his career, and it's just his skill set wasn't there. And I mean, the guy could be so good, and yet they just felt like he didn't fit their power play. And I mean, that's fine. And maybe Letty's just the same way. It's it's okay. Like he can still be a good player and productive without having to quarterback the power play because maybe he just doesn't have it in him. And maybe maybe Devon Taves does. So see what happens. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's, I think that's, you know, the power play. Think about where the Islanders would be if their power play was. Oh, dude. Don't even. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's just funny. It's like these guys have over, they've exceeded basically every expectation except they've underwhelmed in one huge a, a, uh, aspect of the game. It's yeah. just, their power play has cost them, I would say, at least five games this year. Easily, yeah. Including Monday night's game. I mean, they could have gotten yep. at least a point out of that game. They didn't deserve to win it, obviously, but, you know. Score on the power play, and especially you had a power play with four minutes to go. You score to get score, you know. Well, anyway, now I'm getting mad all over again. Uh, okay. Um, what else? We covered Hosang. We covered the power play. Um, yeah, check out the PT Isles podcast uh, to hear Carrie. Carrie also had a, a really cool article today about Josh Bailey and how he and uh, Matt Barzell have kind of a symbiotic, somewhat relationship. Uh, we had a great article uh, the other day on Devon Taves and how he's coming along uh, by Travis. So you should check that out as well. It's hard to believe that it's been like less than 10 games. I just feel like yeah. I was I was telling you before we came on, like I constantly forget about this guy because I just feel like he's just part of the team now. 
So. It's funny. I th- it feels like he's played 62 games and has has like 15 goals and right. 39 assists or something like that already. <laughs> it's really it's like that's how good he's been. Uh, and he looks like he's. You know what else is great is like Devon Taves could have been, you know, livid with the way the Islanders handled him hmm. early in the year and like could have made a a bit of a stink and he didn't. And it seems like he is uh, just gets it. So yeah, uh, he's, he's really he's just it's. I'm thrilled to, just to have that guy. I, I, he's a guy who I, I feel like I want to see how long it takes for people to be like, damn, that guy's good, like around the league, you know? Because right now, nobody knows yeah, has ever heard of this guy. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody on that NBC Sports crew oh, knew God, who no. he was. Oh, yeah. absolutely not. I mean, they just they just thought it was funny that he had the same last name as Jonathan <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, again, the, the, the best possible ending for that game was what it yep. was. And, uh, yeah, no, I guarantee no. Nobody absolutely. Maybe Liam McHugh may have known, but certainly Ronick yeah, and Carter definitely I, didn't know. I, I like I, I always I think it's funny too because uh, I think Scott Mayfield is is that kind of defenseman that you know he's playing well, but nobody t- t- talks about him, and he's been good this season because we rarely you know bring him up. And I just wonder the same. I was wondering that about him in the NBC Sports game. Like, I wonder if if uh, I, I know Brandon, like you said, Brandon was doing the game, so it's a little different. But like if if uh, Doc Emmerich or you know one of their national guys was calling this game, do, do they know you know Scott Mayfield's been in the NHL for a couple of seasons now? <laughs> yeah, I, I always kind of hate that about like national playoff games and stuff like that because yeah, the the NBC game was nice because it was not only Brendan but AJ Malesko as well, so like they were familiar with the team. But yeah, I always hate I think that. And that definitely shied through. Yeah, I, no, I, for sure. I will say that. And and uh, but they it's it in a good uh, and maybe this is just you know being biased or whatever, but I thought it shined through in a good way, like. Hey, like we know a lot about these guys. Let us just introduce them to you because you probably have no idea who they are because <laughs> nobody, no, nobody pays it. If if we were to ask, you know, Joe Hockey fan, what the island, what how the Islanders are doing this year, he'd be like, I don't know. I just know they don't have Tavares anymore, and they Barry Trotz coaches them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, that was that was a, it. Was a fun that NBC game was as much fun as these other two guys were unfun. That was about it. Um, I just want to point out one other thing real quick too. Uh, also at the Athletic. Are uh, some of my favorite types of articles the who's going to be on what team's roster for the 2020 World Cup of Hockey? I I don't I don't is there a, a demand for these articles? I really I see these yeah. all the time, and all I can think to myself is if it's January 2019, and you're concerned about who's going to be on Team Canada for the World Cup of Hockey in 2020, please seek professional help. Like I really don't <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. You have a, a disease. I don't. I don't. This whole, this whole, like, I think uh, we're lucky because the Islander coverage is great. And I'm sure like the the team beat writer coverage is great. But this, I thought this whole the whole point of this website was to not put that kind of stuff out. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. It's when I saw that I was like, wait a minute. And I saw a tweet from from one of like the writers who I actually think is very good. So I won't even say who it was. And he's just like, this is gonna cause some people to be pissed off. And I was like, oh, I'm like maybe he's gonna write like about you know what. Maybe the Sabers aren't actually that good, according to their, you know, advanced stats portfolio. And he's like, the, "My picks for the 2020 Canada World Cup team." I was like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> and, and the that's worst... a quick red X on the on the web on the yeah, tab. No thanks. Yeah, and, and the other thing too about those, you, you, we all know what's going to happen too. The writer's going to put PK Subban on it, and then Team Canada is not going to take him, and everybody's going to get mad all over again. Like this happens every year. Also, isn't that the year we're probably going to have a lockout? 
So we were going to have a 2020 World Cup of Hockey? I don't know. The, the it's going to be like the, the World Cup of Hockey there was before the last, the, the big lockout. Yeah. You know, the lockout part one. I guess so. When, but... when, when DiPietro was on the U.S. team. All right. I just I I saw the team Canada won, and then I saw the team USA won. So I, I assume tomorrow is going to be team Sweden and Finland okay, and Russia yeah. and the whole thing. And I don't I don't know. Yeah, let's hope, I, read them. Yeah. I, don't I don't. I can't believe that. I didn't. I I thought I didn't know that there was going to be another one of those things. I guess I, know. It, I guess it makes sense because I the Olympics or whatever. But good yeah. God, good God. Yeah, I mean it just goes to show you like how terrible the like hockey main yeah. mainstream is i mean there's so much good stuff but it's all done by people who are doing it out of a labor of love like the the car- carries and travis's of the world right. and then these guys are pumping out that which is like get oh, if, if you wanted to run that good like all right more power to you how about august <laughs> yeah right like why now why january i don't i just don't get it i really yeah and, I, and, it, I, and the scary thing is too the the, the head of that uh, like outfit, if you were to bring it up to him, his his response is just to block you and not, you know, say like, oh, you know, that's actually right. Maybe it is a bad idea to do something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I Whatever. Don't <laughs> I just I saw that, I, and you know, again, like you said, I mean, I've obviously I I've seen those kinds of articles on Sportsnet and TSN, and I avoid them because I don't care. And now I'm like, now I'm paying for these articles. <laughs> like seriously, jeez. Yeah. Anyway, I might just really. I might just start paying uh, Arthur, you know, like five dollars. <laughs> I just sit to his pocket, be like, just send me whatever, send me whatever you got. Just send it to me in an email. That would be cool. Uh, I would do that too. If you do, if you if you talk to him and you get the okay, I would do that too. <laughs> um, but so in any, so don't read that kind of stuff. Don't don't, don't read, read who's going to be on Team Canada or Team USA for the 2020 World Cup of Hockey. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. For your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, tons of great stuff on there. Jenny wrote an article about Brock Nelson's next contract. You can't you, you can't get better stuff than this. People, it's yeah. just awesome. Brock uh, Brock is has, is like something else too, man. He was very good in that. In he that was, game. and he was very good. He his yeah, he scored like a very Nelsonian goal with the wrist shot, and <laughs> but like he just has been such a dip. And I wonder if it's like you know he's he's in in that spot. He's the second line center. Nobody thought he was going to be good enough to do it. He's in a walk year. He's living up to being a first round draft pick, and he's he looks like the type of the player that we all thought we were getting in that first year when he was really good. I think he's just like, I don't know what it is. He looks he, he there's like a more of an intelligence to his game that you can like see, I guess. And I may, maybe that's just this is the first time Brock Nelson's ever had played under a good coach. So I would I would pay money. Speaking of like paying money for for stuff. I, and if anybody from the Islanders is listening to this, I, I doubt they are, but I would absolutely 100% pay money for a behind the scenes TV show, like watching their practicing, watching what Trot's talking. I mean, they would never agree to this, but like, because I'm curious. Uh, the exact I'm thinking, the, I think the exact same thing you do. Like, what is the difference between what Barry Trotz has been doing with Nelson and what previous coaches had? And how yeah. are they treating him differently? His, his job got harder. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> he's gotten much better. And yeah. he's been better. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's exactly what it is. But I don't it, know if it's it's, the way it's like a microcosm or... of the season too. Like I think every one of it's like every one of us just thought, all right, he's Brock Nelson. He's not going to do that well. He's not going to be someone we want to hang our hat on as a second line center. Just that's the way we felt about the Islanders too. Like this, just 
going to come into the year. They're going to do whatever. The year will be over, and we'll be one step closer to having, like, this really good young core that's developing. And now, like, it's been flipped on its head. And, yeah. I mean, like, the Brock Nelson's job got harder. He's played better. The team got worse on paper, and they've played better. It's just... I mean, I was the guy that wrote the article about, God help us, Brock Nelson is now this team's second-line center. Like, that was basically <laughs> the, the entire premise of the article. And here he is. And he's, he's been very good. Yeah, I mean, he's been an absolute – he's been a total second-line center. Yeah. So Yeah, he's yeah. someone I, I want to just give a big hug to and be like, yeah. <laughs> you did you really, you really did it, man. Like, yeah. I, I, to say he proved the doubters wrong is probably not accurate because there's – very few people who know what you know the right, yeah. the, the saga of Brock Nelson, like Islander <laughs> fans do, but he proved us wrong, which right. in the best way possible. Now that being said, I don't want to give him seven point seven something million dollars no, a year. Brock, Brock <laughs> is Brock is going to sign a nice fat deal right. with the Arizona Coyotes and ride off into the sunset. <laughs> and I and I'll we'll always remember the year that Brock Nelson proved us wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. But maybe if they can get him for five and change, that would probably be about right. And then. Then the worrying becomes, can he do it again? And obviously Barry Trotz is going to be here, so we assume that he can, but we'll see. But yeah, no, he's been a totally different guy, and I am really curious as to how how that came about. And you know, but maybe it's kind of like you know, we haven't talked about Michael Del Cole, uh, who actually also played pretty well in that that Carolina game, um, and he talked about how like he committed, he recommitted himself this summer to getting stronger, getting better, and and you know, came in with kind of a fresh attitude and. Here he's back in, you know, he was tearing up the AHL. He's back up with the Islanders now. They kept him instead of, instead of Hosang. They could have easily let, loaned uh, Dal Cole back to Bridgeport and been like, all right, well, there you go. Thanks. We'll see you in a little while. And thanks for playing. I hope you had fun. But they kept him instead of, of Hosang. So uh, maybe, maybe that's, it's, maybe it's less about Barry Trotz and we're just kind of defaulting and giving him the credit. But maybe it's a thing that Nelson said, hey, you know what? I need to bring it or else yeah, I'm going to be. be- in the KHL. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be traded to God knows where. So, uh, but there. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Kudos to you, Brock Nelson, on, on a good season and being the only the only Islander to play pretty well in that terrible game against the Hurricanes. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah. So read Highlight House Hockey every single day for great stuff like that. Uh, you should go to sneakyathletic.com. You should buy some of their stuff. You should type in anxiety in the discount code box. You could save yourself ten percent. Again, less games at Barclays Center coming up, so you want to get that Fort Never Lose apparel to wear to the games at the Coliseum. SneakyAthletic.com. They have it. You can get 10% off. You use anxiety in the discount code box. Do it. We, we get nothing from it. So just I just like saying it because it makes it sound like a real podcast. So just, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any other sponsors, so just please do it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're openly seeking sponsors. You know, so if you, if, if you if you own like a bagel shop or something, and you wanted us to just plug you, we just we just like the sound of being professional. Yeah. Considering that how slowly my computer has been chugging along this entire podcast, and how how many hours it's going to take me to set it all right, yes, definitely please give us money because we could use it. Uh, tell everybody your your Twitter account again. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's uh, for sure, and uh, we're going to try and come to you. A little earlier next week, if we can, probably, hopefully, we're going to try and record on Monday uh, after the game against the Lightning again. It's going to be kind of a benchmark game, regardless of what happens. Uh, if we can, we'll definitely come to you Wednesday, and then the week after, uh, the Islanders uh, are off starting on that Wednesday for about a week with the All-Star break. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a great week. Uh, hopefully, the Islanders <laughs> can win three games in a row and get back on track, and uh, we will talk to you sometime next week.
Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.